Prepare yourselves. Come on in. Welcome to paradise. This is the PowerShell Podcast. PowerShell Podcast. For anybody who fools around with this is playing with dynamite. It's all about PowerShell and the PowerShell community. Yes! That's awesome! And now, here's your hosts, Jordan Hammond and Andrew Plaw. Uh, hey, everybody. Welcome to the PowerShell Podcast. We've got a special guest today, uh, James Petty. Hey, everyone. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. And uh, Andrew's here as well. Hello, hello. Uh, so, obviously, James here. Uh, I'm not sure if anyone is familiar, but he runs, he's the, I believe, CEO of PowerShell.org. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. All right. And then you help run with all of the conventions, which Andrew and I rave about all the time. We love them. Yeah, we're going next month. Yeah, we're going to be in Bellevue. Yeah, I'm excited about that one. Uh, we're actually going to try to see if we can't get some speakers to do some impromptu podcasts while we're down there for that one. Uh, fingers crossed. Uh, but before we go into all of the awesome things, and I've seen the list, you've been very busy recently. Uh, we want to cover... Uh, just kind of the resource of the week. It's a YouTube series by Doug Fink, and it's about using the module Import Excel. I don't know if anyone has has tested this module out, but as we all know, managers, they want pretty reports, but they don't want to know anything else. This helps you take everything you've captured and make it into a pretty report so management leaves you alone. Yeah, it allows you to interact with Excel without needing Excel installed, like you can create Excel files from PowerShell. Just whatever data you're working with, you're able to turn it into an Excel sheet with all kinds of crazy cool stuff that we can't get into. But trust me, this module is awesome. You should definitely check it out. So I never went deep into this one, but I know we covered this on a webcast when we were just discussing PowerShell in general uh, a couple months ago. And we built a pivot table live. It was just a single, we grabbed data, uh, imported over and it built a pivot table for us. How, I thought that was uh, that's a time saver. It really is. Uh, James, have you used this module before? Uh, yeah, in a previous life, I used it mostly with SCCM reporting. We didn't have Excel installed on our servers, obviously, uh, for reasons, but we were able to take the information, like you said, instead of managers don't want a CSV, they want a nice, pretty Excel file. So we were able to just out that uh, you know, that hash table, whatnot, over to export Excel. And then from there, just email it straight from the SMTP server. So we never had to, I didn't have to download a file from the server, move it over to my laptop, make it look pretty. We were able to just one and done and then able to put that in the automated task and not have to worry about it anymore. That's awesome. I had a huge win where the way that my old company was set up, but the structure was weird, whatever. Uh, and they needed to know a bunch of details about each office's. Uh, Office 365 license usage, and they were manually doing it like for a while. So they were spending like a day each month going through and seeing which licenses each office was using. And I wrote a script that just queried all that stuff and generated a Excel sheet with like a worksheet for each different office and then like a summary sheet. And that was so huge at my company in allowing me to do more PowerShell stuff. Like I feel like just that project alone was the reason my company uh, decided to pay for PowerShell Summit in 2019. Yeah, and like so, you said, the most important thing that I love about it is you don't have to have Excel installed. Totally. I have never had a job where I really needed to use Excel. So I don't, I've learned Excel once in college. I do not want to actually learn Excel ever, really. Um, so if you use this module, all of a sudden you look like you know Excel. And people who use Excel frequently really appreciate that. 
it, yeah, it's interesting. Excel is one of those things that everyone knows surface level, but how powerful it is is usually untouched. And this this helps you tap into things you may not have even considered before. Right. And actually, this falls into a long line of things that I wish when I was learning PowerShell, I joined the community more because I would have saved so much time with so many different tools that I never even knew to look for. Yeah. Because uh, I did a lot of reporting based on uh, Active Directory. And I always uh, yep. did C- CSVs and did a lot of manual cleanup. And man, I-, I wasted a lot of time by just not not talking to people. We've all been there. <laughs> that kind of brings us to our tip of the week. What, which the, is, the collaborate? Yeah, collaborate and communicate with your coworkers. Um, speaking from experience, I have had times in my career where I've done a bunch of like technical stuff and I haven't communicated. And and I haven't collaborated with my team and I've kind of just kept it to myself or like just used it internally. And I found that, um, you know, cause maybe I'm worried they're criticizing it or things like that. But I found that once I actually did start collaborating and communicating with my coworkers and working with them and empowering them to ask questions and really working on that kind of thing, I had so much more success with getting people to help me write PowerShell with just the general feel of the team. Um, definitely recommend communicating and collaborating. Yeah, and it also help you find out. And this is going to seem harsher than it tends to be. Uh, which one of your coworkers are worth really working with? I had one person where I offered to help him automate something where he was working late, late Wednesday nights, uh, doing a manual process that I could automate, and I offered to help him. And his answer was, "Oh, you can't do that." And it just it made me angry. Uh, yeah. But at that time, I just knew he didn't want he didn't want to. Uh, fix his process. He just wanted to do what he's doing forever. And that, that's fine. I mean, there's a lot of value in that, but with the, the people that did want to start and uh, start automating things out, we, we learned a lot. It was it made a uh, much more dynamic environment. Yeah. I think that I've heard that type of role or, or you want to find your hero or your champion, I guess, someone who will champion for your cause um, and finding like someone at your organization who also has maybe a penchant for PowerShell or an interest in learning and finding someone else to buy in and investing in that relationship is a big deal. Every single time I've had success with collaborating with coworkers and spreading PowerShell, I have done that. I have had one person who has a little bit of an interest and I cultivate that interest. I connect with them. We develop a good relationship and you know, get them to a point where they feel confident and comfortable with their PowerShell skills, and then they can just kind of run with it. And then it's not just me having to carry the full burden of being like the PowerShell person. Uh, we can kind of split the load. And when I leave this job, there's someone to maintain all the stuff that I've done. That's pretty important to me. I don't want to write a bunch of stuff and have it all not be maintained when I leave or be unmaintainable. Uh, eventually, uh, if someone is, is learning with you, everyone has their different passions. They're going to approach something different. And so it might start off with you being a mentor, but eventually you're going to learn a lot of the way they approach things too. It's there, There's a lot of ways to use PowerShell and everyone has a unique take. It's uh, I don't know. I've, I've always been a big fan of learning new things. That's why I love pair coding. When you code with someone, have you guys ever done that? Uh, no, I don't I, work well with others. <laughs> I... It's honestly my preferred way of doing things some of the time. I definitely like going alone at it, but like pair coding, I find it very nice to talk through. Like one person does the coding, the other person does the talking through things. That's what I've done in the past. And um, yeah, I'm definitely a huge fan of code reviews and stuff like that. But like when I'm coding 
or scripting, I, I, I need to be in my space. There are definitely leave me, leave me alone. like that for sure. And it's, it can be really hard to um, actually code anything challenging when you're having to think of conversing with another human. Um, so yeah. And those types of situations, what I've done is like, I'll chat with the person who's going to do the coding and we'll talk about like kind of what they're thinking of. And then they'll go do their thing for 25 minutes and then we'll come back and look at kind of what's going on and touch base. Um, even if the person knows exactly what they're doing, I love that type of make checking in with someone, having someone else who's kind of with you through the process to give you a second opinion. Because for me, I can get lost in in my thoughts sometimes or like a silly thing will be a huge hurdle. Whereas if you have a second perspective, like I don't know if you guys have ever had those experiences. Uh, well, it was uh, working with someone that actually wasn't a PowerShell person. It was I had something, I had a wall uh, and I had nowhere to go. And I went and found one of our C-sharp developers and I asked, hey, how would you write this? And he showed me the C-sharp version and was able to take his work and kind of make it work in PowerShell, which I thought I thought was pretty cool there. But there, there, that one was, wasn't really PowerShell to PowerShell. It was just someone that knew coding and programming a lot more than I did and could just at least get me started. Yeah, definitely. Well, I guess that brings us to our next segment, which is the community highlight. Well, which... I mean, so many options, but maybe maybe we should talk about our illustrious guest. Perhaps, perhaps we should, um, which we briefly mentioned him in the more in the beginning of this podcast, in the morning of this podcast. But uh, yeah, James, welcome. What's your history with PowerShell? Can we kind of get started? Just a, a basic, like, how did you kind of get introduced to this, and a little bit of the story about kind of where you are today? Uh, sure. Yeah. So in my in a previous life, I worked for the federal government. I did that for seven or eight years. <laughs> And my basically my old department got dissolved and I got moved into the Windows Server admin group because I got lucky and got a job. And one of the first tasks I was given by my then manager, who I'd known for a whole like 30 minutes, was like, as part of this reorg, we need to add this global group, which has happened to be for all of the IS administrators. They got broken out into their own group. Like we need to add this global group as local admins on these 150 some odd servers. And like, we'll give you a week to do it. And like, I. Uh, like you want me to RDP into 150 servers one at a time and click, click, next, next, and add this global group as a local admin. It's like, yes. I'm like, uh-uh. Of course, I, I knew what PowerShell was at the time, but I had no, I, I didn't even know what any command was. So I just got on the Google, found someone else's script, kind of had a Python's, you know, C++ background from college and kind of started understanding the logistics, how it worked. And an hour later, I was done. I was like, went to my manager. I'm like, hey, I'm done. He's like, what? That was going to take you a week. I was like, nope. And then from there, it just kept going. Uh, as you kind of mentioned, I kind of the you know the PowerShell champion for a while. You become and then a, a bunch of people who are a lot smarter than I was uh, kind of started surpassing me. But I was always still back in the back, you know, champion in the back. Yeah, you can do it. We can do this with PowerShell. So when did you start getting involved in the community? Did you start with blogging? Did you start at a conference? How did that it's get started a, for you? Uh, it all started. I went to the PowerShell Summit. I think it was 2016, the, the fe five year anniversary, and uh, that's when I bought my first domain. And then, you know, I you know now I'm on my fourth domain, and I have like four blogs. But I kept saying I was going to do it, and then finally, me and a friend of mine, our coworker, we decided we were going to start the Chattanooga PowerShell User Group. We're like, all right, we're, you know, we're both PowerShell champions. You know, we're really we think we're really good at what we're doing and we just kind of want to start so start spreading the PowerShell love. So we finally did that in 2006, 2017. Uh, we finally had our first uh, first user group meeting. And then from there, it's just, it kept going. We did a, 
Of course, kept going to the PowerShell Summit. We did our first PowerShell Saturday back in 2018, and it's just been a fun ride ever since. Awesome. Yeah, you've certainly been pretty involved. It's been cool to watch from my perspective to see you uh, back in 2018. You were definitely involved with things, but now to see you really step up. And it's really cool, man. I'm really inspired by you um, in a lot of ways to see how much oh, you take you. on. And yeah, yeah our community is so, lucky to have yeah. you, man. Yeah, so with uh, PowerShell.org, I took over for Jason Helmlich in 2018. You know, he was the treasurer and CFO for PowerShell.org and the DevOps Collective. Uh, so I just kind of took over from him and then uh, took over for Will Anderson in, uh, at the end of 2019 when he uh, he got a job with HashiCorp and moved on. So I was not happy with where I was in my career. And uh, so I was able to take this on. And in 2020, you know, before COVID, we were going to go from one event to seven events as as an organization, uh, and then you know, uh, we we all we're not going to talk about what happened in 2020. But now now we're here and we're back, and we're I think we're planning for six events this year. So we're really excited about that. And these this is with the DevOps Collective, or is this with PowerShell.org? Uh, so they're actually the same. The DevOps Collective is our legal organization. That's you know, that's the organization that signs the contracts and files the taxes, but everyone knows us as PowerShell.org, and that's 99% of what we do. So we're uh, the terms are kind of interchangeable. Gotcha, gotcha. I, I recall there were some perhaps DevOps-specific trainings in the past that might have been uh, associated with it, but um, yeah, cool. That yeah, is... and we said, you know, with, with the world of DevOps, we, we understand that PowerShell might be everyone's, you know, big screwdriver in their toolbox, but Sometimes you need other screwdrivers and wrenches. So that's where the whole DevOps thing comes in. Definitely. Definitely. There's a lot I'm, of crossover there. I'm definitely excited to be able to go back in person instead of online. I know oh my I, goodness. You have no idea how excited not only I am, but the community as a whole to get back together for the first time in two and a half years. Since 2019 uh, was our last in-person conference. So we're going to be back in Bellevue, Washington, April 25th through the 28th. Uh, we're just we 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 can't wait. We're we're done with virtual events. We're over it. We're we're ready to get back and see each other and high five and so as, or air as, five, uh, kind of whichever you prefer. Air, yeah, whatever anyone's comfortable with. But one of the things about the uh, the online version is, well, definitely you you lost a lot of the camaraderie and the communication that happens in person. Uh, it made it where uh, writing a recap on on what we saw that day was was a lot easier. So uh, I I was writing a blog on each one, and I was thinking about how I'm going to pull it off uh, this year, where I'm attending it, and I have to take way more thorough notes if I'm going to. We've had uh, I know we've had at least one person every year since I've been in attendance write a recap. I know Josh King did one one year, um, and I tried to look up who the other ones were, and I can't think of them on the top of my head. But I know there's been one or two every year, and yeah, down at the bottom there's there's always that caveat like there was so much going on. I know I missed something. Well, and even I can only attend one of the the many open sessions, right? It's right. You know, we have four sessions going on at once, and you can only be in one of them. It's uh, I'm interested to take on the challenge to see how that works out. Because last time, I could even you know pause as I was going to kind of write it as I went, and this time it's take notes and try to remember as I write it at the end of the night. Right, and you know, and of course, all the sessions are going to be recorded, so you, you can always come back and watch them later for the ones that you miss. But that doesn't. You can't recap what you missed, right? Especially the, the hallway, that hallway track. That's what that's what we're known for. A hundred percent. The best thing I've ever gotten from PowerShell Summit is the relationships and the friends and the network. Like it is so the community. It is so valuable. 
I cannot wait to see everybody again. Um, it's been a long time. But so you mentioned thinking of like doing seven um, conferences a year. Are you thinking like PowerShell Saturdays uh, mixed with PowerShell summits, mixed with DevOps and automation? Um, yeah. So we have uh, PowerShell in no particular order. So we had the PowerShell summit in April. Uh, you know, that, that's kind of a big event that we're known for. And then we had the DevOps Automation Summit. That's the week after Thanksgiving, November 27th, I think is the date. You have to look at your calendar. It's exactly, but it's not Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We did a virtual one of that. It was it was a good event. It's just, it was virtual. So we're, we're going to be back in Nashville. We're super excited about that. I mean, uh, that was, had, it was virtual, but you had to pivot virtual as well, right? It yes, wasn't we were, so. yeah, uh, yeah, it wasn't, I think Delta was the one that was coming around and Nashville was the high, had the highest Delta anyways. Yeah. But yeah, we did have to pivot real quick on that one. And then we have coming up in July, we have our DevOps camp. That's our, uh, we call it an unconference. Little 20 person, very intimate, very high level. Like if you thought Summit was a high level, this take this makes Summit look like a cakewalk. And we don't re we don't release a schedule for that because we expect all the attendees to come to also to present something that they're passionate about. So the schedule is not released really until we kind of get there. So that's what we also have. Also have ten or so people here. They're already asking me when are tickets going to open up because they want to go. And we haven't done that since 2019 as well. So we're really excited about, about bringing that back. And that's going to be in Las Vegas. That sounds super exciting. That I bet being a fly on the wall of that room would be amazing. <laughs> right. That's where uh, Tug, which is a, uh, I don't think it's active anymore, but it was an open source uh, pool, ser pool server for DSC. That's a, That project came out of one of the DevOps camps. And there's usually at least one open source project that comes out of this out of this event. Usually at least one person ends up with a new job just for the connections they made and the realization that I'm worth a lot more money than what I'm currently being paid or something to that effect. That's always a fun realization. Right? Uh, and also, so I'm running PowerShell Saturday or PowerShell on the River. That's August 12th and 13th here in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And there's a chance that Mike and Phil over in Raleigh might be doing their PowerShell Saturday this fall as well. Don't awesome. tell them I said that though. I uh I loved the first PowerShell on the river. Um I went to that one, I think it was 2018 or whatever. I'm is it kind of same same city? Yes. Yeah, same format, same awesome. venue, same same everything. Nice. Awesome. Are you is the call for speakers open for that? That's gonna open up, I think, towards the end of April. So after summit, run 15, 20 days in May. You know, we don't need a, you know, you don't need a six month lead up. Uh, building right. up to that conference, you know, two months is more than enough time. For sure, for sure. Awesome. All right. All right. And, and one thing I want to bring up, you mentioned like your uh, your DevOps classes are even more daunting than you said the summit was on a knowledge base. Uh, have we talked about the on-ramp for people that maybe they're not sure where they stack yet, but they want to dive in and, and get going in PowerShell? Right, not yet, but that's definitely something we should talk about. <laughs> so at the PowerShell summit back in 2019, uh, it was mainly Don Jones and Jason Helmick. They had this idea. We're like, we're this 400 level deep dive expert conference. And then there's this idea of PowerShell Saturday. So they're like the one in that 200 level, but there's, there's nothing to get you. There's nothing to bridge that gap in between. Well, I'd say PowerShell Saturdays were supposed to be like that two, 300, but there's that nothing. There's not that entry level. You know, we kind of want someone to, who are, to already have experienced PowerShell and kind of be kind of good at it. 
Uh, so they're like, well, let's bring this on ramp. Let's create, bring this thing called on ramp is where we're going to essentially take you in three and a half days, take you through the PowerShell in a month of lunches book. Uh, that has now morphed into less less PowerShell E and more DevOps career focus. But don't get me wrong, there's still a lot of PowerShell. But we also have classes like what's Git? You know, a help desk technician who is trying to further the career probably has no idea what a Git merge is or what a pull request is. So that you know, they have an hour in that. They we're talking IT security. We're we have a bunch of soft skills classes, which is something that is traditionally not taught at. Uh, Power, at one of our PowerShell events. So they have soft skill classes. We're bringing in some remote speakers. We have Chrissy uh, coming in. She's going to, you know, uh, from DBA Tools, she's going to do a session. We have Ashley McGlone is doing uh, a session. Tim Warner is going to be doing doing some sessions on certifications and training. And the idea is that this is a DevOps washing machine. By the time you come out of this three and a half day boot camp, uh, you are just ready to go out into the world as a DevOps engineer coming in from kind of wherever you are in life at the time. Wow. That's awesome. I could have used yeah, that. And Jeff and Jeff Hicks is the lead instructor, on, uh, lead instructor on that. And he just sent me the curriculum. And I was like, I wish I had this when I was 20. Yeah. <laughs> I completely agree. It's such a cheat code. Um, if I were, if I could go back and like see something like this, you know, I know I would have thought like, Oh, uh, is it worth investing in yourself? I mean, if you can't get a go work to pay for it, um, and yeah, that is very exciting. That is a yeah. huge cheat code to pick the brains of the individuals that you listed to be able to get curriculum from them is seriously invaluable. It will yeah, and, and you know, and part of the community feedback or giving give back that we're uh, you know that we're committed to is that we actually provide scholarships to uh, to this event. So we were able to give out six scholarships. I think we I got a few more sponsors on, so I think we might actually bump that up to seven or eight now. So those are valued at about $5,000 each. So we pay for five nights in the hotel. We pay for your plane ticket, all of your food, all of your expenses, so that all you have to do is show up re ready to learn. Uh, I think in 2019, we were able to purchase two laptops for students who didn't have a laptop that could run PowerShell and VS Code. You know, all they had, all they had were Chromebooks. So uh, we're, we're able to provide, yeah you know, provide life-changing, career-changing opportunities for some of these. Yeah, uh, for, that's a know, beautiful for, thing. For a few people. That's really cool to hear about. Um, wow, that is really awesome. And it really helps kind of bring the community full circle, I feel like. You know, it's a full system. It's not just top-heavy. We have a full kind of community. We're embracing everyone. And we have a pipeline to kind of get people who maybe are at the beginner stage and kind of get them where they need to go. Uh, yeah, regardless that, that, of that, economic stuff. Actually, the pipeline that is that is the exact metaphor that we like to use. You know, it, it's our it's our DevOps pipeline right. to get you from the on ramp, going to these PowerShell Saturdays, and hopefully in a year or two you you're able to come back as a, you know as a summiteer, attend their general sessions and summit, and then maybe even a year or two after that actually uh, be a speaker. Yeah, very cool. So as someone who was using PowerShell for three years before I learned that the results were object oriented and why that was cool. <laughs> I really could use something like that because I missed a, I, I struggled a lot more than I had to starting out. For sure. That's one of the things I'm excited about with this podcast. It's just even small tips. You can save people so many, so much time, so many years of effort. If you just give them like, tell them about import Excel, tell them about the PowerShell summit. It's helpful to have the right information at your fingertips. Well, well, luckily we have the inside track. We have the first ever scholarship recipient 
here talking with Andrew. That's very true. That what, is what, true. what advice would you it's give Andrew, someone? Andrew, by the way. Andrew, yes, Andrew. Uh, what, what, what's your advice for someone? Because I know you were just very active in the community from from get-go, which I'm jealous of. But Yeah. Um, well, I took risks, right? Like I put myself out there at times and it was stressful at times. And uh, like whenever I would write a blog, very stressful every single time. But what I had was I honestly had a bit of a cheat code. I, ha I always found some friend, some relationship that could give me a second opinion that could tell me it was okay. So like, I think I mentioned this in a different podcast, but Josh King is somebody who I would very often shoot him a message, say, Hey, here's a blog I'm working on. Does this look terrible? Can you like give this a read? So I don't look like a total idiot. And he's like, looks great, man. Just post it. You got it. And, uh, just having that for me was enough assurance, but I needed some, uh, I, I don't, I mean, I probably could have done it on my own, but it was super nice to have someone helping along the way. And what I can also say is every single time I've taken a risk and put myself out there, I haven't regretted it once. And I haven't received rude comments from people or anything of that nature. Um, so over time, you keep taking risks and, and pushing a little further, and then your comfort level changes. And so, yeah, that's kind of what happened. I just took one step after the other. Um, and I'm so thankful and grateful for the opportunity that the on-ramp gave me because it is a it has been a huge career and life changer, life changer, family life changer, the way I approach all problems. Um, you know, it's, I, I just can't give it enough uh, credit. So thank you guys so much for that. And are, it's are you saying awesome you're trying to, to take automate out your family interactions? Uh, <laughs> no, but I have more money to do things with them. So that is oh, good. Yeah, that does make a difference. <laughs> Definitely. As it, that's one of the things that makes the PowerShell community so different from all the other tech communities that, you know, we've all we've all been a part of is that openness and willingness to help. I can hop into PowerShell Discord right now and say I need help with blah, and I within five minutes I'm gonna get a hundred responses with a hundred different ways to do whatever it is I'm trying to do. But very few people are gonna be like, well, why don't you just read the docs? Blah blah blah. Like no, like oh, here's what I have, and it's just yeah, super amazing. It really is. So um, one thing that gets lost a lot is. Everything, any PowerShell convention I've ever been to, I hear as a version of the same thing. No one in this community is comfortable speaking publicly. You just have to make yourself do it and you'll be better for it. I, I took that to the next level. Uh, I Actually, is that the first summit where I met Andrew? He convinced me to get a Twitter account to talk about anything to write in PowerShell. And the first time I went to promote a blog I wrote, I broke out into hives and I couldn't do it. And so the company actually took over my, my, my Twitter account. So anything you see that company's tweeting out on my behalf because I just, I can't do it. <laughs> it's a hard thing. Honestly, it's, we're all wired different as well. So whatever system works for you, I definitely wouldn't, wouldn't shame yourself for it. Yeah. I definitely went the opposite route. The, my first time actually public speaking about PowerShell was at the summit in 2018. Yeah, that's bold. A lot of people do that, and it, right. they don't regret it either. It's, and it's I blame just... Jason Helmick, Helmick for 100% of that. But are you happy you did it afterwards? Oh, like... uh, very much. Like, when I was done, I was, like, relieved. But, you know, my, my stomach was in knots. You know, we hadn't even started the user group at that point. So this was really my first time talking about PowerShell to people. Wow. So what it, role did it, Jason have? Uh, Jason was a Pluralsight author at the time, but, but my... I mean, like with you signing up for it, how did he oh, convince you so, to? Uh, so we were just talking and like, Hey, I'm doing some really cool stuff with Gia right now. And he goes, you should definitely talk about that. That's the, in 2018, Gia was the hot topic. 
Uh, so he talked to Richard Sidaway, who was doing the content at for the summit at the time. And he said, Richard, put this guy in. I'm going to help him. And that's how I got my speaking slot. And Jason helped, you know, he coached me. We had numerous meetings and zoom. I don't even know if zoom was a thing at the time, uh, but you know, we, we met on Skype and he just, we had coaching practices. I gave him my presentation to him a couple times. He, uh, said, here, you need to change this, change this. Like the content is good. We just need to work on your delivery. And then by the time we got to summit, we're always just, you know, there it goes. Next wow. thing I know it's 45 minutes later and my session is done. And I'm like, what just happened? That's so, awesome. This I'm turning this into my own personal uh, self-help course. Uh, how, how do you get past to talk about anything? Anytime I've ever written something in PowerShell, my mind flips over to you've done this, anyone can do it which makes it hard to speak about because then I just feel like I'm talking about things that everyone already knows. How do you get past that mindset to where I know I'm good at this. Someone could get something out of it instead of just, well, if I've done it, anyone can. That was definitely my mentality for a really long time. And it still is. But like, just like you said, you all, there's that little bird on your shoulder that says someone somewhere is going to find this useful. And that one person, you're going to have that aha moment. Yeah. What I think of is like a lot of the times whenever I take a risk and do something, I think that even if it's utter crap, me taking the step and sh I show other people that they can do the same thing. If they can do better, awesome. I've shown them that someone who sucks like me or, or maybe, you know, whatever mental things I believe, doesn't matter. Someone like me could do it. Therefore, that's awesome. A whole group of people who never thought they could do something now think that maybe they can. So it doesn't have to be like my, what I create is amazing. It's like just by doing, I'm showing other people that they can do too. And they can take chances and, and all that kind of thing. Um, yeah, yeah, I know one of the things that's really helped me is I've helped run the PowerShell forums uh, for a couple of years now. Uh, you know, something that we at PowerShell.org run. And I can see all the statistics and everything of how many people have logged in, how many, peop how many people are ghosting uh, and just are looking for things and not posting. And, you know, you know, we're, get, you know we're talking hundreds, 200,000 hits a month. And probably 90% of those are going to site or going to some blog post or forums that someone has posted. And then I can see how much time they spent on there. So it's not, of course, you know, it, it logs the bots and stuff as well, but that's not counted in the numbers. So I can see that uh, there's all get AD is always the number one viewed resource on, on the forums because people just, yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the docs are great. You know, and I've been, you know, PowerShell doing PowerShell for a while the domain admin for enterprise admin for years, I can write get AD user commands like they're going out of style. But when I first started, I couldn't. And I was on the forums at PowerShell.org trying to find out how to do that. So there are people who to this day still don't know how to use PowerShell or are still getting new. And even if it's that, here's how to use get AD user and here's the commands, that is definitely something that people want to see and want to read about. Also, I feel like I don't want to see a rock star. I don't want to see a genius because I don't feel like I can emulate that. What I want to see is a normal person. So what I strive to be is just me. Like I'm, I'm not, you know, same thing. So what I would say for you, um, Jordan, is perhaps just think of yourself as a normal person. Don't even think of yourself as having to be good at PowerShell or good at anything. And and if you are and people Done. perceive you that way, amazing. But you don't have to live up to that. You know, you don't have to put yourself in a position where it's like, oh, I have to be the expert here. Maybe I know a thing or two and that's awesome. You're pro you are an expert, but you know, that's how I kind of make it happen in my head. Well, one thing I've, I've noticed is, and I have done things that have done either inefficiently or wrong, and I never get an angry message back on that. I get basically a new discussion. It's like, hey, 
I saw you did this, what your reason before this, and here's how I would do it. And it usually turns into a learning event instead of a, you know, get, I've never been just absolutely shamed for something that I've written. If I've done it wrong, I've ju- I've gotten useful, useful pointers back, which is very useful. It's, and uh, most people, from my experience, they start blogging because they did something that was kind of cool and they want to remember it for later. It's not really for you. It's not really for anyone other than themselves. They're just putting it out there so that in two years from now, when they need to remember how they did this thing, it's there. Uh, not that long ago, I was trying to write something in PowerShell and I Googled it and I found my own blog talking about it. <laughs> that uh, happens more often than you think. Luckily, uh, I could understand it and it was very useful. I gave myself five stars. <laughs> did you go back and edit it? And it's like, oh my God, that code looks awful. I, I did not because it was just small snippets. There wasn't a whole lot to change on that. I'm sure I would have if it was more to it. I, I can't even remember what it was I was looking for, but I remember uh, the, 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 how bizarre it was to find my own blog answering a question that I had. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if, remember. Yeah, I don't writing. know if that's good or bad. <laughs> it's good you wrote it down. That's what's good. Because, <laughs> yeah, you don't want to repeat yourself. So. Yeah. Other than all the, all the classes and everything, you also are coming out with the fourth version of PowerShell in a month of lunch, lunches. I think they dropped Windows from the title now. Uh, yeah, well, they're I think they're still going back and forth. So it's Learn PowerShell in a Month of Lunches, the fourth edition. It was supposed to cover just Linux and Unix. It was supposed to be a companion to the third book. Uh, but now it's replacing the third edition. So we went back. I was brought on to come back and add Windows back, in, back, into, all, back into all those chapters. So that is currently literally being printed as we speak, and it's supposed to come out. I think the first week of April is when the physical copies are going to be shipped, and the ebooks I think are supposed to come out around the fifteenth of this month. On uh, webcast, I get asked a lot: How do you recommend learning uh, PowerShell or what books? And I pretty much my go-to is PowerShell in a month lunches. Is this one where this is a standalone? where it should supplement the other ones? Or is this one, if they buy this one, they're going to get that information as well as how to use it cross-platform? Uh, no, there's, it's, uh, this is supposed to be like a whole hog replacement for a four okay. to third edition. You know, we took out a lot of the stuff that's not relevant anymore. So this one is PowerShell 7 based. Okay. So we took out, uh, basically we took all the WMI. I take that back. There is a chapter on WMI because a lot of people are still using uh, WMI in their environment. So we, we did keep a little bit of that in. But for the most part, so we ripped every, anything that's that was just Windows 5.1 specific, we ripped that out. And then we went back and redid all the screenshots, all the examples. There's 26 chapters in the book. 24 of them are cross-platform. There are two that are specifically Windows-based. Uh, but that's just because there's a th- you know thousand plus commands for Windows and there's 200 for Linux and Mac. So like we know we know where the heavy users are. Nice. I'm excited for that one. Yeah, I'm probably going to pick that one up. And now I just make sure when I recommend it, it's like you're going to want the fourth edition. It, yeah, so you, I know, uh, so you can keep an eye on, eye on my Twitter. I guess uh, that they'll, they'll, these guys will send it out. But as soon as it comes out, I'll be pushing out a link, which will have uh, with a special discount code uh, once, it, once it's actually available in print. I think they're going to run like a one or two week special on it. Yeah, and then I also, uh, as a companion, companion to that book, uh, I just signed the contract and I started working on learn PowerShell scripting in a month of bunches. This was, I think it's a yellow book. You know, it was a release in 2012, and I think it was updated in 2017. Uh, So that's going to be, I think the meet for that's supposed to start in June with uh, a physical release date in April of next year. So it's more kind of a companion. 
the idea is it's going to be a three-part series. There's this learn PowerShell month of launches, learn PowerShell scripting, and the third one is learn PowerShell toolmaking. Right. Very cool. I recall those are earlier versions of those books in my journey. Yep. I have all three of those. They are the re, you know, that's, you know, they, those are the go-to books. So to be able to, you know, to be even invited to collaborate off them, much less to, you know, be the, be the lead author on the second one. It's just a, you know, a, an amazing experience. Yeah. Congrats, man. Very cool. I'm, I'm excited to read those. That's, that's fantastic. That's what nice thing about PowerShell is any book that is getting, I don't want to say stale, but I don't know, out, outdated, usually gets updated pretty quick. Right. Yeah, it's in, in all of the it's the terms and the key con- the key concepts and all of these books are still relevant. There's just there's new things that need to be added added to them. Very little, very few things need to be taken out. That's the it's always always improving. I, I I don't know a better way to put it, but I can't I can't remember the last time I went and looked at an old script and couldn't think of oh there's actually a better way to do this now. Not because I could have written it better at the time. It's just because PowerShell itself has improved and added all kinds of new functionality. PowerShell is growing and getting better all the time. No, I love it. All right. Uh, well, is there anything else you wanted to highlight? I mean, you're you're a busy man in the PowerShell world. I mean, uh, yeah. How uh, do you? I try, to, all I try to stay busy. Um, I, 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 it's a really great question. My wife still is still trying to figure this out because I am terrible at time management. Uh, you know, I try to set aside time to work on the book, and then instead of writing, so then the book book yesterday, I was working on building a home lab because mine crashed. I need to rebuild it. Uh, so I'm I, honestly, I wish I had a better answer other than I just kind of work. I, like so whatever my brain wants to focus on at the time is what I do, which I'm lucky enough to be able to have that flexibility. Not, not everyone, not everyone can do that, but I found if for me, if I set my mind to a specific task and Mondays from nine to 12, I'm going to start working on the book. That is the last thing I'm going to do during that time. So you, you can't you can't plan it out. Like I said, because nope. I leave it up to my brain. The answer is almost always nap. <laughs> yeah, it's not, like like I know I have work that has to be done, and really in my mind, as long as all the work gets done on time, it doesn't matter what order I do it in. As long as it's done by the due date. But again, I have a much greater flexibility working from home uh, than than most people do. Right. Very interesting. I haven't heard people approach things like just kind of do it just whatever your brain yeah, wants to work on it seems to be like that would make sense right yeah I, i've tried to be very structured i've tried kanban i've tried doing sprints i've tried doing everything in the calendar i've tried writing it down just nothing works wow i've That's never awesome, heard though. it never heard a phrase that way but i think we're in the same boat here because i have a i have a hard time uh planning out my work but if i get a here's a hard deadline i it's done within that deadline but I can't. Yep. I don't know. I, my my work is uh, is chaotic. I, I guess it's it's nice when you find a place that uh, works with you on your own natures. I guess instead of against. Yeah, that was one of the biggest problems. My previous employer was there. Uh, it took a while. I finally got a manager who realized, like, I give you a date, you're gonna have it done by the date. I don't have to keep asking you about it because I may not work on it for two days, and the next day that's all I do. That's good. To know. So there's there's hope for me yet. I might uh, <laughs> I might I might be successful one day. I'm going to start PowerShell.gov. I'm going to compete. PowerShell <laughs> Good government. luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you, can always, you can always come over to PowerShell.org and write guest blogs. I mean, I would be happy to. I'd be happy. I actually, I need to go into the forums more and, and contribute. 
it's we've been talking about it. like I, I always contribute uh on the outside. Like I, I write things for PowerShell, but I never really dive in with the community. And that's definitely something I need to work on. Uh, yeah, the the PowerShell forums are def- definitely uh, one of the go-to places uh, to ask your questions and get to get help. Obviously, there's a Slack in the Discord as well, which are super active, but it's also kind of hard to search. You know, there's so much going on so fast that the search functionality is yeah. kind of hard in there. So you have to re-ask your same question over and over. Yeah, as far as the Slack goes, they also have individual states. So if you're looking to start your own PowerShell user group, it's a good place to meet up with people that are local for that. Right, yep. Yeah. I know there's a Nashville and a Raleigh, a Denver, SoCal. We had one here in Salt Lake for a couple of years, but what with 2020, a lot of that faded. We moved more to an online and it just kind of faded away, but we're looking to bring that one back soon, I'm hoping. Oh, that's awesome. I was about to say, so we have our, our user group meetings tonight. We have opted to not go virtual. We're just going to be local. I mean, there's only five of us, but that's better than nothing. Uh, but then I also saw that the Raleigh PowerShell user group meeting is tonight and the Chicago PowerShell user group meeting is tonight. So I'm like, well, we went from one active user group to three in a matter of two months. Like, that's awesome to see. It sucks that we're all on the same night, but yeah, that yeah. just happens to be how how everything's working. But it's great to see all these user groups starting to come back. Yeah, it's, it's beyond time. There's, uh, I think, a lot of value in that. There's nothing, I know, something about meeting people within your own community so you know, like there's just people local right there that are probably going through a similar experience. It makes it a bit easier to deal with uh, some of the growing pains in the learning. Right. Oh, and of course we can't forget SoCal, you know, they've been, they've been going on for a while too. Didn't want, didn't want to leave Matt and that group out. Right. Matt is awesome. I, I need to start the Gainesville PowerShell user group up again as well. Um, I, I yeah. love just, just out of this people. conversation. We got two new, two new PowerShell user groups. They're going to start in April. I, I called out your PowerShell group on my webcast once, and then like two weeks later, it was uh, oh, it, it had gone stagnant. Which I, I get, I can't judge. Ours did too. Like a lot, a lot of user groups uh, died while we couldn't uh, go outside. Yeah. All right. So I guess the important takeaway is uh, look, meet up, or wherever you need to go, or check the Slack and PowerShell. See hey, if you've I, got. Go to powershell.org/calendar. That has all of the community events in it. Yeah, and if there's not a user group in your area. Start one. So on PowerShell.org, uh, you'll have just do a search for user group. And uh, Ryan Yates wrote up a, a great article on PowerShell.org on how to start a user group in your area. And of course, you know us, uh, PowerShell.org, we're always happy to help help you get that off the ground as well. I mean, th- thanks for coming by today. I've had a lot of fun on this conversation. I just love talking oh, about yeah. PowerShell. It's always great to talk about. Yeah. All right. Uh, any any uh, parting words of wisdom? Anything before we hop off? Uh, you know, just solve a, a major PowerShell issue real quick. Um, so your curly <laughs> curly braces. One goes on the top line, and uh, and then everything else starts on the next line. There you go. That's my, <laughs> my tip of the day. That's where curly braces go. All right, I love it. Um, I'll say my last advice was I think that one thing that uh, James and I both highlighted was that we both had like someone to kind of help us. A person we found someone it was um james helmet kind of helped you in that instance and you know i had josh king and, and some other people and i think that reaching out into the community and finding someone whether it's just posting uh, on the forums and getting a reply or perhaps you have someone and you want to reach out um it definitely helps to have someone else and not to just be solely by yourself on this yeah there, there's a lot of tools to to learn things on your own but you're definitely going to enjoy it more and learn faster with uh, someone that's gone through it before
Uh, thanks, everyone, for, for tuning in today. Uh, if you did like this one, please, on, on Apple, give this five stars. I have to request that or Kelly yells at me. <laughs> uh, and uh, we're hoping to get this going. We should be going live with the first cluster here shortly and then have this weekly. So please tune in. We're always going to highlight the PowerShell community. It's a fantastic place to be, and we want you to be a part of it. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. Bye, guys. Bye. Right, cheers. Thanks for listening to the PowerShell Podcast with your hosts, Jordan Hammond and Andrew Plaw. My head is about to explode. The PowerShell Podcast is a production of PDQ.com.